Hello. Hey, Merlin. How are you? I'm great, Dan. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Happy Tuesday! Yay! Ding -a -ding -a -ding. It, is. it is Tuesday. Did your internet get working? It is working again, yeah. Why'd your internet go out, Dan? I don't know. Hmm. I have nothing to do with that. I'm just a tenant. Think you want to find out, maybe? No. They don't. You just, they you're don't fine. Know. You don't need it. I need it, but there's nothing I can do about it. It's not, you know, I'm a tenant. Huh. You have rights. Even in Texas, right? You got Texas rights. Uh, eminent domain, eminence grease. There must be something you can apply. Well, you heard about the, uh, speaking of Texas and rights. Speaking of Texas. You heard about the, the good news today, right? Um, empanadas are legal again? <laughs> well, they're, they're, uh, they're decriminalized. Oh, that's, that's right. a first, first step. Then, then comes it. medical and then legal. Don't criticize it. It's for my glaucoma, man. No, the, um, uh, the Supreme Court has declined to hear the podcasting patent case. And, uh, that essentially what? means the EFF won. Yeah, I tweet, tweeted what, what, it out. What, 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 what? It's in the I don't show notes. Twitter. What are you talking about? It's in the show notes. <gasps> you're kidding. It wasn't before. Well, yeah, you're right. I said there I was one point. There. Here there are two. <laughs> I just I just added it. Uh, but yeah, so this this goes back so that the... Oh, please, please roll this out like wholesale carpeting. Tell the people this is, yeah. this is so, a potentially huge uh, deal. It is a very huge deal. I think it went back the the last... It's been in appeals for at least a year or two. But before... I'm trying to remember when this originally went to court... And yeah, it looks like 2014 is uh, 2013. There was a company uh, which which we would like to lovingly refer to as a patent troll, mm -hmm. based uh, based here in Texas, not too far from Austin, where I am. The company's name is Personal Audio, and they started sending demand legal demand letters to podcasters, prominent ones, and other people saying, "Oh, uh, we actually invented." podcasting we invented the concept of podcasting and you need to li license the, if you want to keep podcasting you need to sort of license it to us and you need to you need to pass money and in some cases they were uh, launching lawsuits and um uh and and basically like big people like adam carolla they had to like settle with personal audio we don't know how much money he spent and other people who i know spent and uh, i remember a, a very prominent podcaster i had dinner with them when they were in uh here in austin visiting once for like south by and uh they're like have you gotten any letters from these people i'm like yeah he's like i advise you to not even open it if you if you get a letter don't even open it don't read it because then they can like sue you and i said well i haven't gotten one anyway but long story short they were going around trying to prove of course, is not true, and everyone everyone in podcasting knew it wasn't true that they didn't have any patent on podcasting. And I guess that what they were trying to argue their patent was that releasing sequential audio files. Like, I have it. I have it in front of me. First of all, it's from 1996. That's when they filed their patent. I mean, and if you squint your eyes and look at it, you can see potentially how somebody might say that. But more on that in a minute. An audio program, abstract, an audio program and message distribution system in which a host system organizes and transmit program transmits program segments to client subscriber locations. The host organizes the program segments by subject matter and creates scheduled programming in accordance with preferences associated with each subscriber, etc. How the hell can you patent something like that? It's so stupid. I mean, this is, I'm a broken record on this, but I really, I just put this in show notes, really recommend, uh, two, God, 2011 episode of This American Life called When Patents Attack, <laughs> like, uh, covers this so well. This has come up with so many things because 
if you, again, if you squint your eyes hard enough, almost everything looks patented. But there's all kinds of problems with that. Yeah. I mean, lots of other people have talked about this. Syracuse has talked about this on Hypercritical and ATP. Lots of people talked about this. Talk about Marco's abject fear of the Federal Express truck arriving. Yeah. Um, because basically, I mean, there's it's the like problem. Dolly with the grasshoppers. What's that? <laughs> Salvador oh, Dolly had a, a, a abject terror fear around grasshoppers, and that's why they appear in so many of his paintings because he was right. completely he had, afraid. Uh, crutches, things melting, grasshoppers, <laughs> right. ants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Loved his wife. Um, so, you ever go to that museum in St. Pete? I have been to it. That's a good ass museum. It's great. So good. Uh, what's funny is you want to go look at like the Toreador and stuff like that, that other people painted, but the best stuff is right at the beginning when he was first starting out with those tiny little like one hair brushes. Mm-hmm. Incredible stuff. Um, but I mean, just to, to state the obvious, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you could say like, okay, I guess in some universe I could see how this thing could sound like a podcast. But the problem is there's stuff where, you know, people are trying to say that they have a, a patent on like hyperlinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right or you have it but, but and then on top of it all there's real sloppiness in how patents get issued where there could be several people that all have something that could you could squint your eyes and say that looks like a patent right and then what these trolls do is they sit on on whatever their thing is wait till something gets nice and fat and then they then they send out that letter and famously forgive me if you all know this already but famously one problem is that it is very very it's not that costly to uh, do these uh, challenges at scale when you own the patent, but it's very costly to fight. Where apparently it's very difficult to get out of this for like under a hundo. Like you're going to spend a lot. Like you might spend a hundred grand, like just getting started with fighting. Isn't that one of insane? These. Yeah. And so somebody just says to you, "Hey, you know, hard or easy." So basically, you give me five thousand dollars plus ten percent of what you make going forward, and uh, we'll just say it's a done deal, and you'll be good. Of course, unless someone else comes along. You know, now you're just in the protection rackets. Right, exactly. So, specifically, I'm so glad to hear this. Yeah, it just happened uh, yesterday, Monday morning, and they, uh, they, the Supreme Court of the United States declined to hear the case, which basically means that's it. Bye bye. The previous ruling stands, which was the. And, uh, and it was already seeming like it was going to go this way, like yeah. as recently as like last year, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, but okay, now yeah, it's August official. 2017. Right on. So it's been invalid, and we can we can continue doing what we do. Let's keep going. Let's do it. You can do it without fear. No fear, no labels. That's right. No rules, just right. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, it's so gross. But go listen to that. Uh, so yeah, it's in notes. This uh, this American Life win patents attack. Really, really good. And as Dan is explaining. One of the hilarious parts, you know, the same way that like lots of corporations and LLCs like to form in Delaware for a variety of reasons. A lot of these patent cases, they end, they want to try in this one district in East Texas. Right. And there's like all these like law firms that are just like basically empty buildings. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, because you need to to maintain a physical, like an actual physical office. It can't be like a post office box or UPS store, but yeah, they have tons and tons of office buildings that are always empty that are like divided up into little suites like the one I'm in now, except no one is ever there and no one ever goes there perhaps except to get the mail. Um, and that's not, not so different from say something like spam or phishing. Where, like with spam, I periodically like to go look at my spam folder, see if anything got miscategorized. I go and delete everything when I look. But, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't, you know, the classic thing with spam was because spam costs so little to send, you don't need a lot of people to respond. If you get like 0.01% of people to click on the link, 
you know, and I, I think with, with it's a similar kind of fishing expedition with this. But yeah, that, okay, uh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm sorry it was ever a thing at all. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, it is stupid. Yeah, that's a relief. Also, apparently, uh, states can have sports gambling maybe now. That's weird. Supreme Court's busy this week. Yeah, it's a big, big week. They're, they're eating their Wheaties. <laughs> yeah. Big week. Yeah, huge week. Uh, you doing okay? Yeah, good. You, you sound tired. You all right? Do I sound tired? You sound something. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I have uh, been... The allergies have been horrible. Maybe that's what you're hearing. It's the allergies have just been freaking miserable here. Did you see the thing going around on Twitter? You probably saw it. Yes. Have you seen... This. I don't even have allergies. I haven't even had allergies for years. Well, here's the funny thing. While, while you pull up that video, yeah, I just looking. sent you in text. Um, I, when, I, when, yeah, I, I saw this. when I was in Florida, I got sick all the time, but I didn't have allergies. When I moved to California, I, I, I mean, this could just be, you know, uh, I don't know if correlation is causation. I've, I, I much more seldom get sick now, but I do have allergies. And I think my kid's getting it too, because if mm. you have a certain kind of allergies, it feels like a cold. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you I got do. the nose, you got the eyes, you got the, you even get the throat for like three days. Yeah. Whoo, we it's took like a trip a cold, out of town it's to a, a very dry climate, and I had some crazy snot. Ugh. Yeah. It's the worst. The snots of Yosemite, we call it. Yeah. No, it's, I, I mean, it's to, super frustrating because like it starts out and you're like, am, am I sick? Right. And do I have a cold? Really, everybody's got a tell. My tell is the sore throat. Um, that's always my sore throat and coffee tasting weird are my tells that I'm getting sick. Right. And my body then, I wonder sometimes if my body sympathetically uh, acquiesces. Um, I sent Dan this link that was going around on Twitter that is so <laughs> freaky. Watch clouds of pollen rise from a shaken tree in Millville, New Jersey. Somebody gets a little bucket loader type, you know, caterpillar thing, butts into a tree to like make the pollen shake loose. And how would you describe that? It's... I mean, it's a cloud like a of cloud. death. Yeah, it's, it's a cloud, a cloud, of, cloud death. of pollen. It's like in uh, uh, the Ten Commandments when the... Uh, Angel of Death starts coming into town. Oh, the lo- loaves and fishes. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, yeah from that's, that's from the Beatitudes. Sure, why not? Blessed are the pollen, for they shall fall from the tree. Yes, but uh, I don't know. Feasting and dancing in Jerusalem this year. <laughs> I think it is. Um, I think it's Pollum. 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 Robert Pollum, that guy from God of My Voices. <laughs> yeah, oh, he got old. Living in that cave with the ring. That's right. Precious. <laughs> Two, so, three, four. <laughs> I had two coffees today. Ooh, I love the ones Dan, where you're where caffeinated. Where do people find show notes for episode diggity three seven six of your back to work program? Five by five TV slash a B as in brothers. Two is in the number. W is in weather slash three seven six. Dan, I think you know this. We've got to keep it bright and tight. Yeah. So we oh, need yeah. to move. Uh, we need to talk about something important. We need to move quickly. Why don't you start, if you would, yeah. if you w- would acquiesce unto me, yes. by telling me about something that you like? I would like to tell you about Fresh Books. Fresh Books. You know, I think they target Fresh Books at, uh, at freelancers and, and people who have small businesses because they're the people like us who time is so so important you're doing so many different things at you trying need money to, so much you, you really need money yeah i don't think sometimes clients understand how much you want their money i know you know they think you you're like just there for sometimes. fun like, like hey, you're just sitting around and like having have some fun. money please <laughs> please well freshbooks makes it easy to get your money that's what they're all about they're all about getting 
paid and getting you paid. And they simplify stuff like invoicing and tracking expenses, and they make it easy to get paid online. That's what they're all about. And there are about 10 million people who use FreshBooks who are all saving a lot of time, including me, including Merlin. And uh, they recently rebuilt it from the ground up. They watched how people were using FreshBooks based on their feedback, based on their questions. And they said, we can, we can make this even better than it has been. And they rebuilt it around the way that people were using it. And it's really, really great. I've been using their new version since it came out a while back. And it's, it's totally awesome. If you sign up now, of course, you're going to get the new version. And I think pretty much everyone's been moved over to it. But it has so many really awesome new features. Obviously, you can still send clean and professional-looking invoices. It takes about 30 seconds to do that. Two clicks to get yourself set up to receive payments online. But you can also track mobile expenses. So you can use your phone and take a picture. So when you're out to lunch with a client, you just take a picture of your receipt, and it goes right into using the FreshBooks mobile app, goes right into the app. You can claim your expenses with that. I mean, there's so much built in. They've got a projects feature that lets you share files and messages with your clients or with the people that work with you or for you. They've got this great notification center. They've got insights so that you're... Uh, when you email a client an invoice, which is how it works, they can also like print out an invoice and put it in an envelope with a stamp for you if you want. But most of the time it's email. And then when your customer, your client gets the email, you know, you get notified that they've clicked on the link and they've looked at the invoice. So there's no more guesswork involved in that. They support multiple currencies. There's tons of awesome features that I can't even go into right now, including they're awesome customer support. Three rings or less, a real live person who knows what they're talking about will pick up the phone and talk to you and, and help you. And uh, it's really a great service. It's one that I've used for many, many years, long before they were a sponsor. And uh, you can become a customer too. Our listeners get an unrestricted 30-day free trial. You go to freshbooks.com slash back to work. Even just visiting that URL, freshbooks.com slash back to work, even just visiting the URL, uh, supports the show but when you're ready to sign up you want to try your uh, 30-day unrestricted trial enter the code back to work all one word and how did you hear about a section and uh, you'll be all set so we appreciate the ongoing support from freshbooks thanks guys for making this show possible freshbooks.com slash back to work thanks freshbooks book, book. Boy, I need to get up get up on that uh, Twitter more often. The Bohemian Rhapsody trailer is out yeah the, uh, with the boy uh, with the robot boy in it robot boy have you watched it yet? I heard it's good. No. Hmm. I'm going to save it. But I like Robot Boy. Uh, he's, he, this looks good. Okay, I'm not going to watch it now because I'm doing a program. Put it in show notes. Um, okay, so bright and tight. Dugga, dugga, dugga. Keep it moving. Um, oh, I have so many little odds and sods. Uh, first of all, I have to um, uh, remind everybody that this Thursday, May 17th, Ungainly X-Man meetup number 22 and what this means is uh, you come out to Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal Avenue in San Francisco, and you can hang out with me and my friends and other people who want to have friends. It's a, it's a friendly <laughs> event. And uh, it's a really nice comic book store, and uh, they have lots of great stuff. And uh, it's a thing we do a few times a year. Uh, and you can learn about it. It's in show notes, or you can go to MerlinM.com slash meetup. And uh, that's where you go and you learn. You come out, and it, it's, it's, it's comic booky nominally, but it's mostly just a fun hanging out thing. And you get to meet some other nice people. It's, it's hard to meet people. And uh, a meetup is a nice way to do that. And you can come say hi to me, and I'll be nice. 22 years strong. Hmm. Can you believe it? 22 years. It's hard to believe it. And uh, I, what, do you wear, day over what do you wear to something like this? That's What's a good question. Dress code. Um, I will wear... 
Well, as it happens right now, I am wearing my dis- my most disgusting holy pair of jeans that I own, which my family has officially said I'm not allowed to have anymore. <laughs> they gave me one month. They gave me 30 days. So, and I have a note in Tick Tick. On May 24th, we're going to have a handover ceremony. I'm going to give the pants to my daughter, and she's going to cut them into things that she makes with the sewing machine. And then I won't have my favorite pants anymore. Mm. I don't wear those pants because people make fun of me, and people like John Syracuse point out that I have holes in my pants. Thank you, John Syracuse. Uh, what I wear, I'll wear, a, I'll wear a blue jean, a dungaree. Okay. Uh, I'll usually wear, like, uh, for a bottom layer, I'll wear a T-shirt, often a Fantastic Four shirt that I own four of. And then over that, I'll wear a Mack Weldon uh, Pima Cotton Long Sleeve tee. And then some kind of a jacket. I'll bring a backpack. I usually bring mints to share with everyone. I'll bring a pack of, of mints. I've never seen and, you without your backpack. You're ready to go. You're always ready. Oh, boy. It's getting hard for a backpack boy. Our local movie theater chain has banned backpacks. So mm. You can't bring a backpack in. I went to... So they think you're going to just bring, bring in like your own food or something? Or is that what they're worried about? No, they claim that it's guns, but you know it's really about food. But who in, who in a city doesn't have a backpack? It's mental. Very frustrating. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was in a convenience store uh, Sunday, and they had a no backpack policy. It's weird. Like our comic shops, speaking of comic shops, ours, they, if you bring a bag and they're like, uh, can you leave it back behind the register, please? Well, I'll tell you what I do. First of all, if this is San Francisco. Everybody has a bag. Not because we're hip, but you because you're riding to. on public transit. Right. You're getting around. You're going places. You're commuting. Like, who doesn't have a bag? Like, rich people with fancy cars, they can park somewhere. And seriously, like, you don't most- want to have to go back to your locker after fifth period. You want to have the books with you for sixth period. You know, in 12th grade, I stole a second set of all of my textbooks <laughs> so I could keep one at home. <laughs> oh, man, that's smart. Yeah, I was a bad person. Mm-hmm. If I get any sense, well, there are some places where they have like a bag check area and they give you a little funny tag. Right. But like, if I get any sense at all that somebody might be concerned, I said, do you want me to leave this here? Or like, do you want me to, you know, like, I, I want to put you at ease. I don't want you to think I'm a psycho who's going to stuff comics into my bag. Um, but I'll wear that and I'll go and I'll frequently have a sparkling water that I drink on the way there. And I get my head in the game, you know, too, right here. I'm going to be focused on people there. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I get a little quiet and I go look at the Cards Against Humanity cards and I have to just go be quiet for a while and then I come back. Because I'm, I'm, I'm an ambivert, I learned. Sure. It's a combination to be an introvert and an extrovert. And ambidextrous. Mm-hmm. I mean, they call it the stranger. The, uh, the, it's a nice thing. You come out to Ungainly X-Men Meetup, Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal Avenue. Support Avenue. Avenue? Avenue. Are you watching Killing Eve? Uh, no, I have it. It's queued up, though, after I'm finished okay. with Troy. Good. Uh, what kind of work does he do? Troy? Is that a, is that a Trojan thing? Yeah, like uh, Greeks and Troy. Uh, Troy yeah. The titular Troy. Sure. You come out to uh, 320 West Portal Avenue. Thursday night. Thursday, uh, uh, May 17th. And, uh, you know, let's, let's have a good showing. Come out. Please buy some stuff. Support your local comic shop. Uh, that's what I wear. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, if, if someone listening wants to attend... Should they wear the same kind of thing, or should they dress up for it? How they impress you? I like do Merlin Man cosplay. Yeah, like a hipster hobo type situation. Yeah, uh, you sure could. Could could be a little weird. Uh, I'd rather you dress up like people I know. I would love someone to dress up as Dan. Right. That would be fun. Right. You could dress as uh, John Syracuse uh-huh. with your children's shoes. <laughs> like that would be fun. <laughs> what children shoes? He says he wears children's shoes. That's the phrase. Like Velcro. For it. Well, I think he likes to be comfortable. Also, he has, he has uh, improbably long arms, so he has trouble with shirts. I know more about John Syracuse than I ever imagined that I would know, and I'm still learning more. Yeah. It's like there's five onions inside the onion, and they all got different layers. <laughs> yeah. It's ponderous. Yeah, seriously. So you come out to 320 West, West Portal. 
Okay, next man meetup. It's in notes. Um, we have, uh, I thought, a couple, couple, three good uh, listener questions, but yes. we have some other odds and sods. I have some really like ask backwards follow on to stuff we've talked about before and i want to share that with you may i yes and before you do i have something very quick from yes uh, you there please no i'm sorry i thought you said you didn't have anything oh no this just came in this just in um this is some follow-up from uh our uh, one of our listeners on twitter jason peterson says i would pay ten dollars a month for dan benjamin to never mention his wife's fear of emf on back to work ever again and he is south of market san francisco is that ten ten dollars every month he says ten dollars a month yeah I would like okay. for him to pay it up front. Um, yeah, well, I mean, maybe you could offer him a deal. Maybe you could say it's 100 bucks for the year if you pay up front. And how would he vet that? He would listen to every episode. He'd have to listen to every episode. And, um, and so he, I, I'm assuming he, he, he meant he would pay it directly to me. No, that's fine. You, you take that one. Um, so uh, you, can, uh, you can get our contact address, the, the, the address to send that check, yes. to 5by5.tv slash contact. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Actually, it might it might not be there. No, uh, no, you'll find it. But you could Venmo it, or you could PayPal it. PayPal's good. PayPal has high fees. So my direct messages are open, Jason. I can um, I can give you my okay. PayPal address there. And, also, uh, thanks for for telling us what we shouldn't talk about. That's always nice. I will continue to talk about it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, he said nothing about, about you. He just said that I I shouldn't mention my well, wife. Blast, he, huh? Yeah, and also he, very specifically because words mean things. He says, never mention my wife's fear of EMF. So I can still talk about EMFs. I can still talk about her concerns or other things she does. I just can't mention the fear. Okay. So um, once I receive that, uh, Jason, please direct message me for the address, and I'll be sure to... uh, But but, but until he crosses your palm, we're good. That's right. We can still 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 talk talk about about it. it. Nothing new to report, unfortunately, this week, though. Although although I have received several more calls... Uh, by the state of Texas uh, or whoever does our electric company, whatever they are, mm-hmm. um, that uh, several calls to try and schedule when they could come out to remove it. Uh, still, the thing that you're paying for to have seventy five dollars plus have. an extra ten dollars a month to have mm-hmm. it removed, and um, and so they we had to they sent uh, my wife was received a PDF in the mail that Is she that needs safe? to fill out and then send back to them. Okay, so but she received that via Ethernet. Yes. Good. Okay, because that would be real ironical, supposedly. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> supposedly, yes. Hold for laugh. Yes. And <laughs> if you got to read our mail, you'd be amazed. Mm. We make people very sad every day. <sighs> um, boy, we got a hell of an email this week. Um, yeah, I know. We got, <laughs> we got some really good emails this week. Oh, man. You remind me of something. Um, Actually, it's really boring. But uh, basically, I hate AT&T, and I want them to die. I want them to die in a fire. What happened? We ran out of bandwidth while we were out of town. On uh, Officially, on Friday night, we'd gotten the nasty gram text about, you're about to lose 75% of your usage. You are now out of your usage. For your convenience, (laughs) we are now going to heavily govern your download speeds to like sub so like basically you now get a maybe 2001 level speed that's horrible from lte and it happened that where we were staying had real strong lte we were getting like 35 down uh until that and then it went down to about one oh, megabit my god yeah and like i thought you know hey you know that's kind of lame and so i i took time from my little time away with the family and i called at&t 
Um, and, uh, I, I said, Hey, can you like, can you, you know, on the strength, can you give us a couple days till we go back? And like, no, your billing cycle doesn't restart till Sunday morning. So you have to change your plan and then you won't be grandfathered in on your previous one. That's horrible. <laughs> and I was like, really? I mean, I moved to AT&T in 2008. Like when I got an iPhone, I've been with you and I pay my bills and stuff. Right. A good customer. You can't front me. And the man's name, he claimed his name was Arliss. <laughs> Spelled, uh, he sounded like, he did not, how can I put this? He did not sound like an Arliss. The person that you talk to at AT&T on a Friday at 9.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. does not sound like an Arliss or an Arlay. It might be pronounced Arlay. But Arliss and I had a real long talk about it, and it, was, it did not go particularly well. What happened? I said, Really? Really? You're not going to – there's nothing that can be done about this. Somebody who's been with you for a real long time, you guys, you guys are getting your clock cleaned over this Michael Cohen deal, and you're not going to sport me like a couple days. So worst case, you know, we go one day with slow Wi-Fi. There's slow, you know, yeah. LTE. And yeah. then on Sunday morning, we're back up to like 35 down. <laughs> it, but, you know, it's – I hate to be that particular guy, but come on. Help a brother out. It just Anyways. seems outrageous. It seems like a, a racket. Well, it is. It is a racket. But, you know, it's a racket we accept because iPhone. Um, what else did I well, We saw a bear. A bear? It was the single greatest moment of the trip. My daughter goes, oh, my God, there's a bear. And we looked, and there was literally a bear. Was it like no, a call, they brown they black bear? Bears. Mm-hmm. It's a brown bear. It's a brown bear because I think black bears are technically extinct or near extinct. Don't email me. But, yeah, it was a, very, it was a, a dark brown bear. Wait, brown bears are the ones that are almost extinct. Brown it was bear. a very, very dark brown black bear. And it was so baller. Seeing a bear in a zoo is awesome because they are so big and so powerful. And so, uh, how does one say, balloomfy? They're very balloomfy in their carriage. But this, this boy was just walking around, just chowing down, walking around. It's the best. Like doing his own thing. Just saw a bear. Just saw, I saw a bear. That's just great. Just walking around. I also met a really cool dog. That was a good trip, except for the AT&T part. Um, what was I going to – I went down um, – page two. I went down – I go down improbable rabbit holes on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I share this. Often I don't. How did it start last night? I went down a – started with Adam Neely, musical fractals, ended up at many different versions of a Smash Mouth song. Then I ended up somehow on, there's this, really, there's this song I like by Rainbow called Since You've Been Gone. Um, and then I went down a Since You've Been Gone rabbit hole. So I, I went into Rainbow. I went into uh, Sherry and Marie Curry. I went into Brian May's cover. I went to the original as written by Russ Ballard. I learned that Russ Ballard was also in a band called Hello. And he wrote the song New York Groove that Ace Freely covered. Did you know that? I did not know that. I'm back. Back in the New York Groove. Russ Ballard, he wrote a lot of hit songs. It'll blow your mind. And then somehow I ended up on Defunct Land. Now, have we talked about Defunct Land? Mm, I'll say no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say we haven't. This is, um, I put it in show notes. This is a channel you might want to check out. This is a very informative, fun, interesting, well done YouTube channel. I don't know what what you would call their sort of mandate, but Defunct Land does like long YouTube features with a lot of research about mostly like, like uh, um, theme parks that don't exist anymore. Theme park attractions that don't exist anymore. Um, 
their single greatest episode and most popular episode is their episode about Action Park. Do you remember hearing about Action Park? None of this sounds familiar to me. Action Park was a uh, water park in New Jersey where a bunch of people were very gravely injured and killed because of their incredibly unsafe theme park. I remember a place called Great Adventure. Yeah, Great Adventure is like a chain, but... um, but then I got to defunct land, and I said, oh, yeah, they, they did that cool action park. And then I looked at some of their Disney videos. Mm. And I put those in notes, too. The, fa- the failure of Euro Disneyland was very fascinating. I did not know what a poop show Euro Disneyland ended up being. Mm-hmm. But you know what I ended up on, Dan? What? And I, I can't share too much of this today because it's mostly in PDFs. I finally found the secret incantation to find... Remember we talked a long time ago, a couple months ago, about Disney yeah. and their guidelines for dressing? Yep. And their guidelines for, like, could you have a beard? A beard, a mustache. a mustache. Right. Yeah. I think we talked about that. Uh, I found a treasure trove of old Disney documents about what the secret phrase is. It's called the Disney look. So every, I guess, few years, they put out a new version of this book for the cast members that's all about the Disney look and like what you're allowed to wear, what you're allowed to do. We talked about this extensively on Do By Friday, but I think we've talked about it here. And you had some of that, right? When you, you worked for the mouse for a time, didn't you? I did. I did. And do you remember getting the Disney look? I mean, I definitely qualified for the Disney look at the they, time. Don't they have like training and stuff and like walking you through like what's an appropriate hat yes. and like how to interact with people and you always put your badge over your heart on the left side right. and all it's, that kind of stuff. It's called Traditions is the name of it and oh, it's okay. their um it's a if I remember right at least when I did it it was multiple days of of it and it involves uh it involves a, a whole bunch of things including um, spending time with the other like incoming employees who are new and who get to learn the Disney way. And there were like workshops and videos and, and things like that to do. And then I think you go to the different parks uh, or at least at the time we went to the magic kingdom um, and, uh, and went like, you know, through the tunnels and they show you around and you get to like experience things. And then part of the day, uh, is where you actually get to go to where you'll be working and and check that out, and then you go to wardrobe and they fit your your costume and everything else like that. And uh, so that, you, this you whole thing was so called you got traditions, to be in the tunnels, right? All the time. Oh, it's so cool. They're not that, you know, like, I hate to say this. They're not that cool. Like, this is one of those mm-hmm. things, like, if you were to talk to, like, a brain surgeon and they'd be like, yeah, you know, after the 50th time that you do this procedure it's not like super cool anymore but like they appreciate that it's cool because they're like saving lives by operating on a brain but it's not it's not novel to them right and so like the first time you go in the tunnels you're like whoa i'm in the tunnels and then after a while you're like yeah they're like it's like i bet it's like a combination of like a hospital and being backstage at a civic center i think that's a great utilitarian yes it's it's fairly utilitarian it's not a it's not a big party or anything and people are mainly using the tunnels to go from where they want but keep in mind I mean, technically they're tunnels, but though because this is Central Florida, yeah. Uh, if you dig down a few feet, there's water there. So, well, this is part of the magic of Disney of Disney World, the Magic Kingdom that separates it from uh, Disneyland. And you know this; everybody in Florida knows this. But it was brilliant. The entire first, which you would consider the like a like, I don't know, sea level, the first floor of Disney World, if you want to call it that, is the tunnel system. Right. Disney World is entirely built on top. Uh, it's on a second floor, right, essentially. Right, the whole thing. There's all kinds of crazy stuff they do with sight it's lines. It's amazing. Like, there's parking behind Main Street. Like, who knew that? There's, like, employee parking. It's, like, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing with parking at Disney is is really crazy because, like, 
where the whole the whole thing about Disney, and I think the thing that that, that they've done best of all in the theme parks is one of the things that people never think about and that is Mm -hmm. getting employees into and out of the park and they're called cast members by the way Uh, you never see a pirate never square never never and you don't now at disneyland that's totally normal you'll just see people walking around shucking and jiving right and i guess i think that that was the one thing that uh, walt disney wanted to improve on when he started working in orlando building in orlando he said you know we don't want to destroy that perfect kind of seamless integration of yeah, it's the happiest place on earth right there needs to be an entirely immersive experience right so like when you go into the haunted mansion like you're fully in the haunted mansion and you never see the haunted mansion employees like walking out the back door to go have a smoke break like that right. can happen but the way so they so the whole park is kind of you'll sur- see, but you'll see these little like at the edges of the of the of the lands i know you know this but you'll see these little like you'll see a very it almost looks like a restroom entrance and it just says cast members only right and that's where you like go down into the tunnel right yeah that's that's the entryway to the tunnel if they weren't able to build it into the uh, attraction itself and a lot of them you you could do that the newer parks uh what what used to be called mgm studios and now has a different name which is where i worked most of the time um they didn't have any tunnels or anything like that in fact i want to say that the only tunnels are in the magic kingdom i bet you're right and and that um, i don't think epcot has them anyway uh We didn't have one in our park at all so that you would see those little doors and you'd be able to just sort of duck through them and the but the the whole parking and everything like where we would park you would actually drive in and then there would be a huge 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 parking lot like super Walmart parking lot sized or bigger where all the employees would go to park and then Mm -hmm. there'd be shuttles and the shuttles would actually take you uh, to your uh to your attraction so that basically the wardrobe was all set up in the parking lot area. So you'd go wow. park, you'd go get into your costume and then you'd get on a shuttle and they would drive you all the way out to, because we didn't have tunnels, they would drive you all the way out to wherever end of the park your, um, your attraction was on. And if you worked in the magic kingdom itself, then you could just run around in the tunnel underneath there. But you know, the tunnel has like break rooms and cafeterias and the wardrobe is down there. And like all the supplies are down there. But Disney is one of those places where people are working at the parks 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, like the rules where you should never ever see anyone like pruning the trees and yet they're all or perfectly cleaning, cleaning barf out of a mini hat right and but mini, yet uh, every, everything is perfectly uh, manicured and that's because the gardeners and all the people work on that are doing it in the middle of the night if they have to <laughs> you know trim up a tree they're doing it at night if they have to plant you know replacement flowers they're, they're doing it all in the middle of the night and you never you never see it well i'd be happy to show these pdfs the one thing i put into notes the oldest uh, Disney look book I could find is courtesy of uh, Vintage Disneyland Tickets. Blogspot.com. It is in notes. Um, That's fine. And you can see it's it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, it's it's good. It's pretty good corporate communications. The Disney look for hosts for the males. A neat natural haircut and clean shave are essential. The hair is to be neatly groomed so that it does not extend beyond or cover. This is 1977. Any part of your ears. Hair must not stick out over your shirt collar. These photos depict well-groomed, acceptable haircuts necessary to have the quote-unquote Disney look. Hairstyles termed natural or afro are acceptable, provided they are neatly packed and shaped. (laughs) I like that. 
yeah. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. So, um, but I would recommend uh, checking out Defunct Land. Um, there, you know, when you're talking about all of this, I'm reminded. Uh, well, I guess I guess I didn't know. I don't think that much about you know the corporate stuff and what it means. But I guess when Michael Eisner came in, he he had some weird ambitions and stuff he wanted to do, and some his basic approach was to just copy what everybody else was doing. But they were heavily budget constrained on some of these things, especially California Adventure. Which led to what Defunct Land calls the history of Disney's worst attraction ever, Superstar Limo. Where you're supposed to be in a limo being driven around and chased by paparazzi, except <laughs> oopsie doopsie. <laughs> what? It, That's not real. Uh, yeah, it's, it's where the Monsters Inc. ride is now at, uh, you know, at, um, at uh, Disneyland California Adventure. Oh. It's you got to watch this video. This video is hilarious. They totally ran out of money for this thing. It was beset with problems. One of the problems was so you're supposed to be you get into this this little car and you ride around. You're supposed to be and then you get yelled at by your super Jewy agent that you got to hurry and make it there because you got to make it because you're gonna gotta go get this part. And like people are taking your picture. These really they're not even 3D. They're just cutouts of people. Oh, that's so bad. They couldn't afford to make actual three. Most they mostly couldn't afford to make 3D anything. So they had to use like people that were on con contract with abc disney and like basically like regis philbin's head pops out of a doorway holding money and stuff it's so lame oh and by the way did i mention it was meant to launch and then right before it was supposed to launch uh princess die was killed being chased by paparazzi so they had to change a bunch about the ride wow defunct land if you watch only one, watch their Action Park episode. But uh, the failure of Euro Disney was real interesting as a viewport into like so many things, like the Michael Eisner culture of that time, how you don't tell people in France how you're going to be using their stuff. Oh, boy, that didn't go well. What do you mean? Well, um, I guess basically they thought they could bulldoze their way into what is now known as Disneyland Paris. So they, they said, look, we're going we're gonna to slap up this Disneyland. It's going to be great. And they had all these things, like for example, um, the French were the French are famously, perhaps to a cliche, sensitive about how they are depicted and how much their culture is, you know, respected. Right. And they're like, look, we don't want to see Mickey Mouse in a beret with a baguette. So of course they made a Mickey Mouse with a beret and a baguette. <laughs> um, the, Eisner and his team demanded that all meetings about Disneyland, Euro Disney, be conducted solely in English. <laughs> And then they had all kinds of stuff. They banned wine. You weren't allowed to have wine there. Oh, please. Just on principle, they were mad, understandably, about that. But, but, you know, it's funny. Like, I've always said, like, uh, I'm, you know, me, I'm always saying this. If you go and watch the commentary track on the first Avengers movie, you mainly get the sense of how frustrated Joss Whedon was that he didn't have more budget. There's so many things where he's like, oh, I wish we could have done that better. I will. I really, if we had more time, we would have done this. We would have done that. If we had more money, we wouldn't have shot this all in this one green screen stage in Atlanta. Like we would have done this differently. Uh, and you really get that watching these videos. Disney was really, they were hard up for dough. They were not doing very well. And they were just really struggling to figure out what their brand was in the uh, 80s and into the 90s. It was super interesting. I thought as a Disney person, you might enjoy that. And like yeah. I say, if anybody, you can go, just go out and start Googling around. What I would search for is the Disney look in quotes and then something like PDF. Uh, and you'll find uh, a handful of these that are really good. Anyway, way off topic, but I thought you might, as a Disney file, I love I it. you might be interested in love that. Love it. Thank you. Do you want to tell me about uh, a second thing that you like? Sure. I could tell you all about Slack. 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 Messaging app. Messaging app for Teams. 
I consider it a kind of collaboration hub, personally. Collaboration hub that lets you organize your team's work into easily searchable channels so that people who want to talk about one topic can hop in a certain channel and talk about that topic. And at any time, someone can make another channel or invite everyone into another channel. And what, that, what of course, you'd say, well, that's obvious. Like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't you do that? But what makes it really nice and really special is it really helps you keep on track. It helps you keep focus. It helps you keep your conversations relevant and important and meaningful. And what the end result of that is, is it makes you more efficient and more productive. Yeah. They're contextual. It's like, you're not going to see stuff you don't need to see unless you want to see it. Right. If you're a developer uh, on a certain project, there'll be a channel for that. And you go in there and you talk about that. And if someone else wants to tune into that, they can. I remember I worked at a company where half the meetings that we had were just so that we could keep up to date with and understand what other people were working on things that were specifically things we were not working on but half mm-hmm. the reason that we were having these weekly meetings was where it was mostly just listening to other people talk about what they were working on unenthusiastically that could all be avoided by if we had had slack back then because you could be in touch and see what people are working on and see what people are talking about as a manager it's incredibly useful because you can then just like hang out in the rooms and see this these are what my employees are working on especially now where so many people are uh, are working remotely telecommuting working in virtual offices this is just like the most valuable tool and what's great about it is it's also right there on your phone, too, or on your tablet. So you can be at work typing on your computer, and when it's time to go, you just leave, and then while you're commuting home or when you're at home or when you're in another location, everything's right there on your phone. So if an important notification comes through, you get to see it and reply to it, and you can chat, and the phone apps are actually really good. All of this is there to save you time, to improve productivity, it integrates Slack integrates with so many different other services. I've talked in the past about how we can see our Google our, our Git commits, but it also hooks up to Google Drive. So for file sharing, it hooks up with Salesforce, with Zendesk, with Jira for uh, support tickets. I mean, you name it, it's there. And there's over a thousand apps that it'll connect seamlessly with. So it's just genius, and uh, and plus it's fun. They make it really easy to add little emojis to what you're saying. You can react to what somebody says by adding a little emoji, which is really cool. Someone comes up with a good idea, you know, and 30 people like it. They can all add the little uh, plus, uh, you know, reaction to it. So, you know, that it's a very popular or a little, a little happy face or whatever. I mean, these things are cute and they're fun, but they actually really do help because instead of having 30 people say, yes, do that, you can have 30 little pluses or 30 little happy faces uh, underneath what you've said. It, It just makes things much easier and it makes everything faster and it's a pleasure to use. And, uh, and you know what I do? You know what I do sometimes? I do this with you sometimes. I'll do a tap back on the Mac in messages. But yeah. you know what I do a lot in Slack is I'll say to somebody like, "Oh, you know, I need to do the reads for this. Did we get the code?" And the person will scurry around, get it, and send it here, and send it. And then, rather than encouraging further dialogue and wasting that person's time, I'll just give a little thumbs up. Thumbs like up. That. That's thumbs all up you means, hey, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. And it's, it's so fast. Everybody knows what that means. If we need to say more, we will. But really, it's just a way of saying act. Like, I acknowledge. Right. Like, this is, we're good to go. Well. So easy. It, it's really made up. There's so many habits. I, uh, I feel like it can make your habits better to use Slack well. It can make you a better human being. I like that. I like the sound of that. They, you think they want to use that, maybe? That's going to be theirs. Yeah, I mean. Okay. All right. They can have that. They can run with it. So instead of Slack where work happens, it's Slack making people better human beings. 
make 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 a better human yeah mm-hmm. better humans yeah. slack.com that's all they want you to do is go visit slack.com slack.com and, and get set up you can try it out for free you can you can become a business customer whatever you want slack.com we appreciate their ongoing support of this program back to work with merlin man dan benjamin teens teens do 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 um, 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 did you know, do you mm. play Uno in your house? Ah, uh, we haven't played Uno in a long time, but we have played it. I am happy to discover, we, so we have this real mishmash of cards from different Uno sets. And sometimes, you know, it's real confusing. We tried to play Uno the other night and it was just a mess. They were different colors and it was all really weird. Did you know they still, you can still get the classic Uno cards that says like draw two in big letters with a drop shadow? Like like Corel Draw style? You know, like the old school, like from the 80s. Yeah. Anyway, I was excited. So I ordered some of those. Can't wait for those to arrive. Nice. I think I'll play better. With the old Draw school? Draw four. Yeah. Draw four. Uh, let's see. We've got to keep it bright and tight. Yeah, we got a bright and tight. Okay, i got a pretty easy one we can do from a listener that I actually have some thoughts on. I think this might be a relatively late-breaking one. We got some really good but kind of heavy emails this week that I think we need to sit on and, and masticate a little bit. Nice. I'm um, down for that, like together. Yeah, yeah. So let's do an easy one. Right. Um, but, 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 you know, listener who wrote to us, man, my, I'm thinking about you. My heart goes oh, out to your situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. I know. It's hard to be a person. It really is. Let's do an easy one. Bright and tight. Listener Brian writes with a two-parter, and I have thoughts on both of the two parts. May I, may I proceed? Yes. Listener Brian, question the first. I'm using my Fitbit to track my sleep. I've started going to bed earlier and limiting screen time a bit before bed, and I'm getting more sleep. Have you discovered any ways to affect the REM and deep sleep you're getting versus just affecting the total amount of sleep you get? Question mark. Fitbit does a neat thing. This is Merlin speaking. Fitbit does a cool thing, which is I, I don't know how well it's actually getting this. Most sleep apps try to do this. Given that I'm tracking with multiple things, I can tell you it's different on all of them. But um, Fitbit, first of all, is neat because the reason I still wear a Fitbit full stop is it's great at sleep tracking in that when you go to sleep, you don't need, on the, the model I've got, you don't need to hit a button to say, I just went to sleep. It like algorithmically detects, somehow it knows, okay, you, you know, uh, I don't track sleep of less than an hour, right? So like if you, even if you take a nap of an hour and one minute, it'll get that. Hmm. Uh, you may not get tons of data from it, but it's real good at knowing when you when you went to sleep, when you woke up kind of permanently, and when you were up during the night. But it also does its best to detect basically four things. Um, when you had light sleep, when you had deep sleep, when you had REM sleep, and when you were awake, and the extent to which each one of those goes and for how long. And it's really cool. So the next morning, you can look and see like, oh, I had like a smaller than usual amount of REM sleep. I had lots more, uh, I had a, you know, maybe a surprisingly higher amount of deep sleep. In my case, I get a lot of light sleep. I'd love to get more REM sleep and deep sleep. So does that make sense? Like what it's tracking? Yeah, definitely. Um, Underscore David Smith's app uh, does this too. Um, That's an Apple Watch app. If you sleep with your watch, it can track that for you. I use both of those. So the question is, um, ways to affect the REM and deep sleep. My feeling is that like light sleep, I get so the vast preponderance of what I get is light sleep. I get usually get a maybe an hour, hour and a half of deep sleep, and I get some REM sleep. I think REM sleep is the toughest one because I don't know much about the exact science of sleep, but I I, I think that's the one that's most sort of tenuous. Like 
I, I always get deep sleep mm-hmm. when I go to sleep mm-hmm. for like an hour. And then maybe I pop up with some REM sleep, but it's mostly light sleep. I know there are things that can interfere with REM sleep. Any kind of sleep can be disrupted by alcohol. Like right. alcohol can help you fall asleep, but it can really mess with your stuff. I, I imagine things like exercise can have an effect. I think the best, I mean, this is not a very satisfying answer, but I mean, in addition to doing those things and learning what kinds of things affect your sleep that way, whether that's stress or alcohol or whatever it is, I also know that you have to be careful with the marijuana, that marijuana and cannabinoid things can affect your REM sleep. Mm-hmm. They can keep your REM sleep way down. Keep an eye on those. The thing I'm trying to do is realize that, okay, if I'm getting deep sleep very easily, going to bed at 11, I wonder if I could potentially get more deep sleep by going to bed a little bit earlier. So I would say use a canny combination of looking at your you know, track record over time, looking at environmental factors that you control, but also considering your sleep and wake times and altering that to see if you get more of the kind of sleep that you want. Because my gut is, in my case, if I'm getting less light sleep, that means I'm getting more of deep or REM sleep. And I, there's a part of me that thinks like I get more of non-light sleep um, when I'm sleeping better. And that's where I get more REM and deep sleep. But I would say, yeah, look at environmental stuff, but also then look at the times you do stuff. And then my, something I told Roderick about, I might have mentioned this to you, is that you know, when you do wake up, when I do wake up, like, I try not to panic about being awake because that's what causes insomnia. Right. You know, insomnia starts with some kind of like a feeling or an anxiety or whatever. But the thing that makes insomnia insomnia is the feeling like, oh, now I'm screwed. Right. I'm never going to get back to sleep. The dread. The dread. And so some, sometimes what I will do is say, well, I'm awake. For now, I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to go do a non-screen thing for half an hour, and then I'm going to come back to bed, and it'll be fine. And you know what? Maybe it's a half hour less sleep than I would have gotten ideally, but it's going to be a lot better than the two hours of sleep I didn't get by sitting and being anxious. Right. So sometimes I think you need to like mess with your power. Do you ever ever do anything with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, one thing I wanted to comment on is, you know, when you were talking about deep sleep versus REM sleep, and I've, I've also heard them called like stage three and stage four. And I forget mm-hmm. which one is REM sleep and which one is deep sleep, but you know, they, they, the, the jury's kind of out. I was actually just reading it. I wish I could find it for the, for the notes. I'll try to find it, but I was just reading an article a day or two ago about this very topic. Uh, and they were, they were saying that the jury's kind of out as far as which of those two stages of sleep is like, they're both important, but which mm-hmm. is the most important? Because one of the things that they were saying is like the deep sleep, that's when your body like does its healing and repairing and growing and things like right. that. And then the REM sleep. That's when you're getting a lot of, I think that's when you get a lot of physical recovery, physical recovery. And the, apparently some, some or, or, or much of the mental recovery is supposed to happen during, during REM sleep. So, you know, I, I, um, I remember when I was going through the adrenal fatigue thing, like I never had any dreams at all. And even though I might have, been physically rested like i never really felt mentally rested and uh, the doctor that i was working with at the time she's like one of the first questions she asked me is do you dream and i was like i i don't ever remember any dreams i don't know if i'm dreaming or not and she's like okay she just sort of you know made a note of that and then once things started to get back in balance i started to have these like crazy ass dreams all of a sudden Mm -hmm. like for the first time in what felt like you know several years and um and so, you know, dreaming is one of those funny things. It's like super critical. Like you really, you need that. And, you know, I don't know how to extend that time period too. That's something I've been kind of interested in experimenting with. Uh, but yeah, alcohol is one of those things that, you know, it starts out 
and it helps you fall asleep. But my mm-hmm. understanding is that the like the there's like your, a kickback effect after it wears off, right? Your, like, your body yeah. metabolizes it into sugar or something like that, and and something. Anyway, I don't I don't understand it. That's but, interesting. Um, but yeah, so that can actually wake you up later or make you sleep in the wrong uh, state as well. But yeah, I mean, your your suggestion to get up, get out of bed. That's what they say to do. And you know, we've talked about the good sleep. But also, to not feel bad to try, to say to yourself like this is this doesn't mean I'm a bad person who will never sleep again. You all, you really kind of have to tell yourself that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, this is going to be a thing that I do, and like it's laying here and feeling bad about it that makes it worse and worse and worse. Yes. It's, and I, I really I can't prove this, but I feel like giving yourself a certain amount of time and say I will be back asleep in one hour is a way to do that. I like Rather that. than like I'm just going to sit here clutching the blanket and staring at the clock and thinking about my imminent death. You know. <laughs> um, but you know, also just to make a case for why you would want to do this, like yeah, I don't think you have to be a weirdo to want to do this. The, if if you do any sleep tracking, in my opinion, the first thing that will no, there's two things that might surprise you because it's always two things with me. One is you may be waking up a little bit, a lot more and more often than you're consciously aware. Mm. That's very telling. That could be snoring. It could be my cat meowing. Like I don't know what it is, right? But I notice I sleep differently in different places. I might sleep a lot longer when I'm in like a hotel room. Yeah. I think part of that is it's quieter than our you know suburban even suburban house with a meowing cat <laughs> but you may be surprised first of all at how often you see these little red marks you're like wait a minute i wasn't up what are you talking about i wasn't i didn't get out of bed you're like yeah but you stirred you moved around you adjusted you may you may have been awake for 10 minutes technically and didn't realize it that's number one um and then second what that means also is you may be surprised at how much less sleep you're really getting than you think if you account for stuff like the wake time so I think this stuff, it, it is a little bit weird and nerdy, but I think it can be valuable, um, you know, not just for like any of this data stuff. I think the really interesting thing is what you learn after one to five years of doing this. And you see big patterns over weeks, months, years accumulate. And I discover things like I get a lot more activity at certain times of year than others. I get a lot, um, I get a lot less or more sleep with certain kinds of weather. And then like, you know, that's, that's self-knowledge that can be really useful. Um, we've got one other one from this listener. Do you want to tell me about one more thing that you like, and then we'll do another listener Brian question? You know what? The last thing I'd like to tell you about is Squarespace. Squarespace. You know, you know him, you love him. Mm-hmm. It's Squarespace. That's the same you thing. You can't web. You can't web without him. You can't. No, you cannot. You cannot. And uh, and Squarespace will help you turn your cool idea into a delicious website. You can showcase your work, you can blog, you can publish content, you can sell stuff, all kinds of stuff, digital products. Sure. They got stuff, let you sell digital products. You want to sell uh, like physical goods and, and handle all the shipping and do like pretty invoices. Like it does all of that stuff. And of course, if you're just a, uh, just a person that wants to publish something and make it really attractive, it could be a website for your business, for your, gosh, for your, your restaurant. They have some templates now that are beautiful and designed. And that's the thing when you go in there, they don't really pigeonhole different templates into different things. In other words, you can pick any template you want. You can customize it really, really easily with just making, you know, making some little tweaks with sliders and clicking options and things like that. Like you don't need to write code at all to do any of this stuff. But when you start to kind of take an eagle eye view of the different templates, you kind of do get a feeling like, oh, I think they were kind of going for 
maybe a menu for a restaurant with this one or oh, this one would look really good for like a news site or a blog. Uh, this mm-hmm. one seems well tailored to photography. And, you know, they're not limited by that, but they're really great jumping off points that make it so easy for you if you have a business or an idea or a thing that you're doing uh, to just get in there and create a site and and not take away too much time from the things that you actually do uh, and like to do and probably do pretty well. Um, you know, it's it's got built-in search engine optimization. It's got built-in analytics. You can buy domains there. They have over 200 extensions. They've really figured everything out. They've got a way for you to like make a logo. Everything that you need to start a website or really even run a business. Uh, and, and the the uh, the visual side of your business, the website of your business, can be done on Squarespace. They've got 24/7 customer support in case you need it. And uh, and that's really all I've got to say about this great service. They've been supporting us for a long time. I use them. I know you use them, Merlin. And uh, the place to go is squarespace.com slash it's your show. One word, squarespace.com slash it's your show. You'll get, you'll support the show, but you also get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, just use the offer code it's your show and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website. Or if you just want to register a domain name, you can use that code too for 10% off uh, your first purchase. So we sure do appreciate their support. Go check them out. Squarespace.com. Thanks, Squarespace. Buck, buck. Bright and tight. <clears throat> second question from listener Brian. Uh, question the second. We use the lady in a tube at home for a number of things. Any idea for using name of service in the office? I'm in my office, so shouting out commands wouldn't interrupt anyone. I'm in my, sorry, I'm in my own office, so shouting out commands wouldn't interrupt anyone. I don't want to use my Echo just for the sake of using it, but what office uses have I not thought of? Um, I think the answer to this question, um, it's a fortuitous time to ask this because, once again, uh, Echo keeps adding really, really good new stuff. Um, I will get to my specific suggestion in a minute, but let me just review a couple recent additions to the Echo family of products. Uh, one is an ability to, some of the things are only available in the iOS app, so I might be confused looking at this. One nice thing is you go to settings, general, Alexa voice, oh God, voice responses. You can turn on something called brief mode, which I like a lot. So you, you tick on Those brief are just, mode. just beeps, right? When it responds, so in this mode, name of service speaks less and for some simple messages plays a short sound instead of a voice response. I love this. This is not just for the office. This is good everywhere. So what's smart is like if there are things like if you ask your Echo a question, well obviously it's going to speak to give you a response. But if you say to your Echo, turn off um turn off the fish tank, you don't really need it to do any more than go boop boop to let you know that it's done. Um, that's a really good one. It's less annoying. It's less noisy. It's just, it's just better in general. Um, and then to kind of like, to, to, uh, to lay some groundwork here, um, I feel like the echo thing on its own is terrific, mm-hmm. um, for so many things. But once you get into the smart home stuff, it really, really blossoms because yes, it, it controls all kinds of stuff that is not easy to do with the Siri product is not easy or is even impossible to do with HomeKit, especially if you're on your Mac, Apple. There's not much you can do with it. But um, the Echo product has a lot of flexibility to, first of all, so it's, it's really as simple as this. First of all, you turn on everything in your house that's a smart device that you want it to detect. You hit a button to say detect devices. You might have to hit your hub to have it recognized. But it'll basically, if it can find it, it'll find it. You might need to add some skills 
Uh, I recently added a skill that like uh, detects my new light switches. But the point is, it gobbles all of that up. It's all named pretty sensibly, or you can name it better. That's powerful right there. So you can just say, hey, Dingus, turn off this light or whatever. Cool on its own. But then you get to have these groups, which is really powerful. In smart home, you have groups, devices, and scenes. Devices explain themselves. Scenes are certain ways you want things to be. But groups could be kind of obvious, right? You would have one for, we've got one for master bedroom. We've got one for kids room. We've got one for kitchen. We've got one for family room, et cetera, et cetera. Groups can also be things like groups of speakers. So we have a speaker group called Upstairs. So I can say, hey, Dingus, play KQED FM Upstairs. And it plays on five echoes at the same time. That's so cool. And it's all synced. So it just works throughout the house. So while you're not getting the wonderful power of the HomePod and how great it sounds, I do hear it throughout the entire house all perfectly synced. Um, It now works with Sonos very well. So you can have it play stuff from Sonos. Uh, the Echo family of products lets you identify your preferred music provider. So I no longer have to end my request with on Spotify because it knows to play it from Spotify. It just works. And yes, if you control it from the iPad or the Mac, you can control it to a given Echo speaker. It's all really good. The thing I want to touch on for listener, Diddly D. Brian, is something fairly recent that has even more recently been improved, which are called routines. And I have put routines and how to make them into the show notes. And routines are really cool. It's something I've been wanting without knowing the name of it. I've been wanting for a long time. And basically, and this only works on iOS, you can't create these on desktop. You have to be on iOS for some reason. But you can basically go in and create like simple, multi-step things to happen, right? So, for example, um, the first one I made is called Light It Up. And so I say, hey, Dingus, light it up. <laughs> and when I say, hey, Dingus, light it up, it, the, f- the very first thing it does, it has three steps. Step number one, it sets the volume for the echo in our bedroom to volume three, which is, you know, good, a good morning volume. Right. Um, step number two, it turns on all the lights in the bedroom. And step number three, it starts streaming KQED, guess what, at volume three. So it does all of that in this one routine. Um, I think routines could be very potentially very powerful for your office, especially uh, if you have smart devices. Even if you don't, it's still cool. But like, imagine being able to say, okay, hey, Dingus, it's podcast time. And it's going to know stuff like maybe you want your lights to be set a certain way. You want it to turn off a fan or a heater, all that kind of stuff. Um, I just – oh, and, and by the way, now um, – what this is doing, basically, it's, it's adding what had been powerful with routines and now bringing, some, bringing in some of what's powerful with what's called Alexa Blueprints, where you can basically go and make your own little program, Mad Lib style, to answer things the way you want. But what's cool is you can now have it say stuff to you also. So can I – hang on one second. Here I go. Are you clicking? I just set my volume to number six. I'm going to say the name, and then I'm going to – I'm going to see if you can hear this. So you're going to hear what happens. You ready? Yep. Okay. I am here. Home again, home again, jiggity jig. <laughs> good evening, JF. Good evening, JF. <laughs> That's good. Three steps. Number one, it says home again, home again, jiggity jig. Step two, it turns on every light in the house to bright. And step number three, it's, <laughs> it's good evening, JF, because I'm a nerd and I want to live in Blade Runner. Um... Those kinds of being able to pull those kinds of things together could be very powerful in an office setting. Another new thing with the Echo product that's cool, but 
Mm, you can tell your Echo to remember things now. Have you? Do you know about this? No, like like not a reminder, but let's see. Um, let's see, let me let me let me try one right now. Hang okay. on. Remember that Dan is the king of New York, A number one. You want me to remember Dan is the king of New York, A number one, right? Yes. Okay, I'll remember that. Now I wonder how I'm going to pull this back. Let's yeah, how do you make this? <laughs> how do you recall that? Who is the king of New York? A number one. You told me. Dan is the king of New York. And number <laughs> it's one. so weird. <laughs> this is the first demo I've ever gotten right. In my so so it was a great demo. So wait a minute. So you you can you can give it a fact, and then it will repeat that fact back to you. So if if you wanted to tell it something relevant to your life or to or something, yes. like, what if you override an actual fact? What if you say that's a real? You could you can do that. You can between blueprints and this, you can step on okay. that. Okay. Um. The so a couple of things to know about this. Why would you use this? Well, this is an example of uh, a term that I stole from Corey Doctorow that I would call outboard brain, which is I have this habit that I've had for many years. We've got to go. Um, I've had this habit for many years, which is um, especially during my my love affair with Pinboard. Anytime I would have to hunt for a piece of information, I knew that I knew, but I didn't know where it was or what it was. You ever do that? You're like, oh, I like you probably Definitely. did this with programming stuff, where you're like, oh, I, I've looked this thing up so many times. Here's things like this: How do you reset the spotlight? Um, index and start over? How do you delete the current spotlight and start over? Uh, how do you, what's the command in the terminal that you run to get rid of that annoying thing where you see multiple open widths um, on a Mac? Do yeah. you get that? Yeah. Well, there's a command I saw from Dr. Drang that you can run that will go and rebuild whatever that index is. So those kinds of things I keep in text files and I, I name them in a really canny way. But I think about what's the, what is the, what are the words that I would use to try to find this the next time I need right. this? Right. You're hacking your own future brain. Exactly. And the, the key of the upward brain part of this is number one, don't be clever. Like use like almost like a mnemonic, like whatever you think you would search for. Like in this case, I would search for, you know, um, Dr. Drang open with Mac. Any of those words will bring that up for me in NVAlt. Um, but I also then, sometimes if tagging is involved, I'll tag that with Outboard Brain. Because guess what? If I click on Outboard Brain, you know what it's going to show me? Everything that I always forget that I knew. Right. Now, what this is useful for, this is useful for stuff like remembering somebody's birthday. Um, let's see. Um, you could. There's all kinds of things. But like, for example, let's say you put something somewhere and want to remember where it was. You could tell it that and then be able to pull it up later. Um, I guess what I'm saying is like for the office as different from the home, I mean, I don't know if there's that much difference yet, but I think it's getting there and they're getting smarter and smarter. Oh, I forgot about part two. Part two of the thing with the remembering is there's no easy, simple, obvious way to remove stuff you've told it to remember. Oh, right. Like if you want, no longer want that data exactly. stored up there. So the trick for this, I think, is to say, what did I tell you to remember? This is what you told me. Dan is the king of New York, and number one on Eleanor Mann's birthday is October. Alexa, stop. So, um, <laughs> but then once you've done that, you can go into your history of commands on the home, and you'll see those things in there. Oh. And I think you can then, can then delete, delete them. Delete them, okay. But You um, can't just yeah, say, anyway. forget, forget that. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, not yet. Well, I think it's it's kind of weak because like if if you're one of those nerds who sits down and tells it 35 things as a joke, you don't want it to mess up your stuff. But anyway, listen to Brian. That was mostly an excuse for me to again say how much I love the Echo family of products and how it's getting better. I think it can be very useful for your office. Um, as always with life hacky things, think through what it is you want to accomplish, and then you can kind of reverse engineer a solution with it. And this stuff is getting better and better. Go look at those skills. There's stuff in the skills. It's not just 20 questions. There's like a lot of like pretty good stuff in skills. And we're out of time. Bright and tight. Gotta be. Did we help people enough? Oh, yeah. Helped everybody this time. Thursday, May 17th, Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal Avenue. You got anything you want to promote? No, I just I want people to go to the thing. I want to see pictures. I want to see. No one no. ever posts any pictures. There's too many pictures on the internet, Dan. There's too, way too many pictures. No, there's not I, enough. I like of to the see event. more like uh, courtroom sketches. If I somebody wants to come and do a courtroom sketch, I'd be totally into that. I, here's the thing: I can't yeah. attend this yeah. event because I'm not no. physically in San Francisco. You don't. You You're refuse to stream it to me live. Yeah, I uh, do that. I do that, don't I? So I want to see uh, pictures from people. So people, if you're attending, share share some photos. Share a photo with Dan. Just do it. Put it up okay, on have, we helped, have we helped people enough for this week? Plenty enough. Okay, let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.